Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. This week I'm at ATA and I am joined by none other than John Linnae, president of Bear Archery, and Caleb Sorrells, the marketing director of Bear Archery. And we are talking the history of Bear Archery. We're talking 90 years history made in the USA and a legendary brand. Guys, this episode, as always, is presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. But thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Gray. All right, we got Caleb and John here. We are in the bear booth at ATA. Gentlemen, the best part about recording at ATA is it gives you an excuse to sit down for an hour and just talk. Absolutely. No, uh, it's a lot of time on your feet, and after a few days, it starts to wear on you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Especially if you have, like, you know, some of these guys, they're like, oh, I've got 19 shows lined up, and I'm like, gah, can't imagine. Yeah, the next two months are pretty rough. Uh, luckily, we've got a big enough staff that yeah. we kind of divide and conquer. But sure. I, I remember the days of leaving here, going home, washing my clothes, flying to shot. And then normally I'd try to tag a weekend on with the wife in Vegas afterwards. Yeah. And then it was NABA, Sports Inc., MBS. And then I had all of the like smaller distributor shows. And yeah. uh, that was like three months of every weekend. Uh, right. No, uh, man, it's been exciting, though, I'll tell you that. Because there's been two things that... As you go to other booths, you hear hype about, and that's the Execute and the Fred Eichler. And that's exciting, man, like to hear people talking about it and hear people saying, dude, you go shoot that bow? Did you go shoot that bow? Man, it's awesome. And uh, that's exciting, you know. I think uh, it's proven itself for sure. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've, we've talked to a lot of dealers. I've had a lot of meetings. Execute continues to come up. Um, our advancements in traditional archery and kind of bridging that gap between old and new. Yeah, uh, this Eichlerizer is a perfect example of that, and and a partner that's strong, obviously, and has a following. Um, but it's cool to see dealers that maybe haven't been super strong with bear in the last few years, and they're coming in saying, "Hey, what's we what's, need back on this? What, what's going on right yeah. here? Right? Like, what are you guys doing?" Yeah, and so that, that's exciting. Yeah, it's a, for sure. it's a great representation of ninety years and a culmination of everything that you know, the technology and the pioneering that you know Fred did back in the year or back in the day. You know, um, it's a good representation, a good good foot into our 90th year and uh, you know we're excited for it well and that's what i really wanted to talk to you guys about today 90 years of history man being made right here in the usa how many people can say that you know i don't know any i mean th there are some really cool brands in this industry some that are legacy brands with founders that are icons in this industry uh, but when you talk about 90 years and uh, a founder that's been gone for you know almost 40 years i mean we're coming yeah. up on 40 years and uh still to kind of keep not only his legacy from a, a bow standpoint and a building standpoint, but who he was from a conservationist and um, everything that this sport embodies. I mean, it, it's about inclusion and getting people in the outdoors. It's not just about 
you know, who's shooting a two thousand dollar setup? Well, and I can say this with certainty, and I've said it before. I think, from the outside looking in, I truly think that Fred Bear would be incredibly proud of the way this company is ran. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I can say that. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. all with all honesty, I mean, the the bows that come out, the way that you guys handle yourselves. Uh, still including everyone, the, the, the all-inclusive archeries for everyone. We've got bows for your kids. We've got bows for your wives. We've got bows for your grandpa who can't pull a bow back anymore. We've got everything. I think he would truly be proud. Well, we appreciate that. And I think this team feels the same way I do. Um, and they take a lot of pride in the fact that this is a legacy brand. It's kind of a, I mean, it's an honor, but it's also, you know, a burden yeah. to, to, to continue what, what he started and, and feel like there's a big responsibility there. And I've, I've mentioned this many times that that's why I felt like this was kind of the culmination of my career in the fact of yeah. um, a really big honor more than anything. Like hundred percent great group of people, but it's an honor. I don't know how you can't pick up a bear and not just be overwhelmed with history. Like in a sense, you know, yeah, sure. just overwhelmed with the legacy that Fred left and, you know, the pioneering he did and, you know, Largely, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for Fred. I mean, no. not just we as in bear, we as in an archery community. Yeah. We w- we wouldn't be here, yeah, especially the bow hunting side. Archery itself, recreational, maybe a little different. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, bow hunting's not that old of a sport. Archery has been around forever, and yes, people hunted early in the years with bows. You know, right. but when it comes to what I would call a sanctioned, regulated archery right. bow hunting sport, yeah, it's not really that old when you think about yeah. it. Well, and I've been. Uh, I've been honored with the with the fact that now that I work with Pope and Young, you get to meet a lot of these guys who were hand in hand with Fred. Absolutely. You know, I had dinner last night with Harv Ebers, uh, one of our founding members of Pope and Young, and and uh, you know he was a personal friend of Fred's, and you get to hear him talk about the way Fred carried himself, and you know just the things he did, and you know he'll be the first to tell you, he's like, dude, Fred hit on my wife a lot. Dude was a ladies' man. <laughs> he was. He, he was. said, but he cared about the sport of archery yeah, like more than anybody would ever imagine not only his company, not growing a company, not growing a business, but caring about the sport of archery, like as a whole. Absolutely. And I, I told this story to somebody else, you know, he cared so much about the influence that he had towards archery that, you know, Harv said he was a smoker. He smoked like a freight train. Big time. He said, but he would never be seen on camera smoking because he didn't want anybody to think negatively of archery. And yeah. just, I mean, yeah. nobody thinks like that anymore. No. no. It's incredible. So, Caleb, you are um, new to the team here at Bear. I am. A uh, couple months deep, yep. and you get thrown right into ATA. Yep. That's good. Yeah, I've got to hit the ground running for <laughs> Sorry. sure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no. curious to know, like, you know, having just joined the team and and joining in their 90th year of history, like, what what's that like for you, man? No, it's a big deal. Um, you know, when I came in, the first thing that John says the you're going to hear this a lot. My first bow was a bear. You know, back in the day, I shot a whitetail too. You know, there's a deep, deep history with bear. And, you know, again, not to add to those stories, but, you know, my first bow was also a bear. I had a Kodiak Magnum when I was 10 years old, and I was bow hunting with that. Um, and, you know, I can remember being in the backyard with my dad and shooting trad bows, you know, long distance with trad bows, because that was his passion and what he did. So I've been around archery for a long time, and bear being around and bear's history is definitely something that like john it's it's a culmination of his career and for me to be a part of that history and to you know put my my little stamp my in my little corner of this big big you know heritage of bear it's really something special yeah so john you uh 
Hopefully, I don't make anybody mad. But you've run the show. You're the head dog. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess from a title standpoint, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of, uh, not really what kind of weight does that carry as far as like the stress of it, but what weight does that carry in terms of the legacy of the company? Um, you, know, you know, I mentioned this. I, I think it's a responsibility, and, and this was nothing I took lightly. I wasn't one of the people that, that came to bear kind of not knowing exactly what the legacy meant and the, the company and its founder and even the people here. Uh, I was very familiar with it. I've been around the industry for a while, but my father-in-law, um, who really got me into the sport, uh, was a close friend of Fred's. So really, yeah. So back back in the late '60s, all the way through the the mid '70s, um, that kind of founding group, and it was, I mean, it was Pete, it was Mr. James, it was um, uh, Fred, it was Tom Jennings. That that whole group kind of ran together. Yeah. And so I've got some really cool pictures in my office. But I, so I very familiar with. Um, Fred's impact not only on our sport or this company, but who he was to other founders in this industry, yeah, and how they viewed him, which was you don't always hear that among you know competitors, right? Yeah, but everybody feels the same about Fred, and so when I came in, I knew it was a huge responsibility. Um, this is a big company from a parent company standpoint, but this brand is unlike anything we own in terms of uh, the following and yeah. and the passion and enthusiasts behind it. So. From a weight standpoint, I've got an awesome team, and I think the biggest thing for me is a culture. Uh, I'm a big culture guy, and this team is, it's a casual environment. We all have the same goal. We're all passionate bow hunters. Uh, we want this thing to, you know, to be front and center and continue to grow it yeah. and be who we are. So th- this team's an easy one to lead right. because of that. So one thing that I wanted to ask you guys, because that the bows are made here in the USA, um, and that's right. something to be proud of. And I get that question a lot. They're like, how does that work? Because aren't they in Indiana? I thought they were Florida. You know, walk sure. me through kind of that, yeah, so, that piece. So absolutely. So our parent company, I mean, we're a publicly traded company. So uh, Escalade Sports, which is our, our parent company, we own 57 brands. I think we're at yeah, 57 now. Everything that involves sports, basketball, goal, table tennis, water sports, um, pickleball, which is a new and up-and-coming sport. We're headquartered in Evansville. It's awesome, too, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So so we're headquartered in Evansville. Uh, so our entire team, it's like here at the show. So R&D, marketing, sales, engineering, we're all in Evansville. But everything's built in Gainesville, which Fred moved the plant from Grayling, Michigan, to Gainesville in the late 70s. So everything's still there in that original building. We've got almost 150,000 square feet of facility there where we build all the traditional bows, you know, 99% of the, the compound stuff. Um and it's all done there in that facility. So, that's cool. Um, I was just talking with uh, a buddy of mine. And he's like, "Dude, I got to see that facility." And oh I'm, yeah, yeah, I want to as well. Um, it's a neat one. And uh, if anybody ever gets a chance to meet Neil Bice, you know, Neil's going on his forty-fourth year with Bear. Yeah, uh, his dad was one of Fred's bowyers. I mean, he really was his head bowyer. And Neil went to work there when he was, I think, eighteen years old. Been there ever since. But when you walk into that facility, you'll see new, right? You'll see machines and, and robotic hydro dipping. We've got just some unbelievable technology in that building. And then you turn the corner and you go back in time, right? Yeah. And you see guys hand sanding, you know, traditional bows that's been laid up and glued and tips glued on. And so, but it's one of those factories. There's nothing like it in this industry because of that mix of old and new. Yeah. Um, I want to go into a little bit that idea and you know i don't know who wants to kind of take the the lead here but that idea of it was my first bow you know bear was my first bow and you know that's true for a lot of people but 
Bear's beginning to break that mold of like, you know, we're not just your first bow. We're your, your current bow. Like the Execute 32, yeah. and I can say this with confidence, and, and I'll say this too, though. I'm not saying that you're going to like the Execute better than any other bow because some people prefer other bows. But I will say this. There's nobody that can say it doesn't compete. Like there's nobody that can say it's lesser quality or doesn't shoot as good. Sure, you might prefer the grip on another bow or the – but as far as performance, that bow will compete with anybody. So – what do you say to the guy that's like, well, yeah, my first bow was a bear, but then I graduated or, you know, moved on or because um, we're trying to break that mold, you know, I mean. For sure. And, you know, that's the promise that we're, we're kind of running with is, you know, if we were your first bow, but we're going to be your favorite bow as well. I like so that. So every bow that we have in our lineup, the same features that you're talking about in the XQ relates in everyone. They're all smooth. They all have a good back wall. They all have good performance. And they're all leaders in their categories all the way through. So, you know, we positioned and we partnered with some really, really good people as well to help deliver that message, but also get these bows in people's hands, whether it is their first bow or it is their favorite bow. Yeah. Well, and I told somebody like this the other day, they, they, they said, man, I like the Alaskan, but it's a budget bow, man. Like it's a, and I said, so? <laughs> no, I, I literally yeah. said to them, I said, oh, okay, well, Man, it must be nice being better than Chuck Adams. And they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, well, that's the bow he shoots. And he's breaking world records with it, might I add. Yep. So it right. must be nice, man, to be too good to shoot what Fred shoots yep. or what what uh, what Chuck shoots. And they were like, no, I didn't say that. I'm like, no, that is what you said. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. No, you know, this industry, uh, there's a lot of good products, right? Yeah. Companies build a lot of great bows. And, you know, we've tried to give a price point to everybody, right, and build as many features into it that we can, no matter if it's a $400 bow or a $1,000 bow. All we're asking is look at us at those price points, try it, and yeah. we think you're going to be really surprised at, at what's in there. Right. Um, don't don't just be sold based on what somebody's telling you or what you're hearing or seeing in a magazine. Like, I mean, nobody's doing it like we are across the board. Come give it a shot. Yeah. And that's what, like, so many of these bow companies frustrate me because they leave out my kids. Mm -hmm. They leave out my wife. They leave out... You know, but when I look at a bear archery catalog, I open it up and I'm like, oh, there's a new bow for my kid. Oh, there's a new bow for my wife. Oh, my dad who can't pull a bow back anymore. There's a new crossbow for him. Like, right. it's so all-inclusive and it, yep. you know, don't leave anybody out. And that's what, that was Fred's mission. Absolutely. Yeah. For it to be for anybody and everybody. And like John was talking, I mean, there really is a team to be proud of at Bear. You know, it, it's, I've been a part of a few different organizations and the, the core group, the team that's dedicated to the product to deliver exactly what everybody needs. That inclusion that Fred wanted everybody to be able to, you know, pick up a bow and be able to participate in the sport of archery. You know, we've got a good, good group of people that are dedicated to that, and they're they're doing really, really good stuff. I've got a, a loaded question for you here, and this is a hard one to answer. I can promise you that. <laughs> How does it get better from here? Like, you know, I was talking with David and Warren Holder yesterday, and I said, okay. What product do you want to see from Barrett next year? What would you like to see change? And they were literally looking around. And they're like, I can't think of one thing. Yeah. Like, so how does it get better? Like, you know, but we always say that, right? <laughs> we, we say that, and we and they were saying that forty years ago. Seriously, and we always walk around the room like, well, we didn't really see anything that was earth shattering. Well, something's done earth shattering that nobody thought of a year ago. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Um. You know, if, if two years ago you'd have told me that we'd have a site that was electronic that you could type in a speed or shoot basically two arrows. And be set out plus 100 yards, like set up a bow in 10 minutes. That site's insane. I'd have called you crazy. So I think when we say getting better from here, there's little stuff that we can do, but 
who knows what material or process is around the corner 18 yeah. months from now, right? So can bows get lighter, but, you know, the performance is, you know, you have options. Are there materials we haven't looked at? Are there technology? I think we're just, you know, you're, you're limited by physics, right? Right. Um, but I think the electronic piece of it, technology and materials over the next probably five to ten years is going to surprise people. And it may be little things, um, but we keep doing that. And then improvements, right? We're trying to, you know, get better at, at building traditional bows and some of the little things we do and, um, you know, making things out of different woods and, you know, anniversary edition, you know, items. and Yeah. So little, little things, baby steps, but um, we continue to do it. And others continue to do it as well. Yeah. What uh, what would you like to if there was one thing and archery community as a whole? Because again, you know, Fred was just really big on that archery community, and and I feel as though Bear, if I look at companies across the board, I feel as though Bear represents the archery community really well. So, looking at the archery community as a whole, like what would you guys like to see improved upon? Like uh, not product wise, yeah. but like as a community. I'm, well, I'm I'm the wrong guy to ask about this because it's probably not going to be a popular answer, but. <laughs> Um, I, I get really sick of the negativity oh. and in a sport that is a really good sport, but it's not a super growing sport, right? We're limited by access to property and tags and, um, you know, where we can go. The sport's becoming more expensive from, you know, where you can hunt, how you can get a tag. So I, I think that we've all got to work together to grow it. And I just don't see that across the board. I, I think that if we would all just be a part of, taking care of our customers, building products they want, and encouraging others, this would be a lot better off. I, I, like I said, I am just sick of hearing the people that aren't here at the show, let's say, or just in this industry, supporting it and building it and doing good for it. They're trying to tear it down. But they're the same ones that are telling you that, you know, they're, the, they're, they're doing good. And I'm, like I said, that's, that's my TED talk. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. No, I mean... Ego is something that ruins a lot of different things, and you know, kind of tag along with that. If we can take ego out of the sport, I think that's going to benefit it across the board. So, that's my my little snippet. My opinion. so, how do you work to do? Like, what kind of steps can we take to do that, though? And I think it's getting back to the culture that you know Fred had, and you know, being that legacy brand, you know, we can set an example where there's not an ego attached to what we do. You know, we are a company that has a bow for everybody. And that inclusion in partnering with different events and different, you know, organizations that are really targeted and getting bows in people's hands and taking the ego out of it. You know, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I think that's that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. And, and I would say that with the vast array of products um, in this building, for example, we're, we're not a super big like target company. We don't have a lot of target items, but I'm not tearing apart the tar target community. Right. Right. I'm saying, hey, if target's your thing and hunting's not great here right. you know here are the products that are that are good for it here's what what you do and i think the same thing goes with with anything there are companies that are going to be really strong in crossbow does that make them wrong right. no it may not be your cup of tea and and when you say fix it um we're going to continue doing what we're doing um from an ata standpoint this shows a perfect example right uh we've seen a little bit of uh decrease in the number of attendees over the last couple of years covid you know really kind of mm -hmm. you know you know impacted that but you make it what you make it right. and we're here we're introducing new products uh we're talking to our dealers who are the key to our business like you know the people that are selling our product in the face of our product and we're here to support them some companies yeah. decided they're not that's okay but let's be positive about 
what this show represents, uh, what this industry represents, and let's support each other. And you can have friendly competition and yet still build a sport. And, 100%. And I think that's something we got to get back to. Right. Now, if I'm wrong here, I'll edit this out. You're still on the board of ATA, correct? Correct. I'm, I'm on the board and the executive committee for ATA, ATA, yes. So what is that, as we continue to build this community, and we actually met with ATA, the we met with uh, Jeff. Jeff this morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, to talk about the the how Pope and Young and Bowhunters United can work together because that's what we want. I mean, we cool. want to build that community. So moving forward... What is what is ATA and what is uh, the manufacturers and the the retailers? What do they do to pull the consumers in? So I mean I think there's a lot of things we can do. As ATA is an organization, uh, you know we make awareness when it comes to the things we're doing outside of the show. I mean that's a big piece of this conservation um, legislation. You know keeping people informed. Uh, you know helping us when you know a company gets in trouble from a trademark standpoint or like just just helping the overall general industry. Uh, when it comes to our direction as a board, you got to remember we've got you know 15 or 20 people in there that represent all different kinds of companies, all different kinds of retails, right? Right. We have our own. Wait, you mean you can sit in a room with people and get along even uh, though you work with different companies? M- most of the time, right? <laughs> most of the time. So you've got to understand that yes, they have their company's interest, you know, at heart as well, and right. and then their future. But sometimes we have to take those hats off and realize, okay, as a sport, is this is this good for? Bear Archery, not John Linnae, but is this good for Bear Archery? Okay. Is it good for this industry? And maybe not so good for me. Well, I still understand where you're coming from, and I don't disagree with the fact we need to go that direction. Whether it's the show, um, Bowhunters United, and, and building a community of bowhunters that you have an opportunity to link together, but we're fighting for the same thing, which anybody that wants to say, you know, there's no risk to bow hunting, there is. Yeah. And it's not a risk of somebody coming to your house and taking your bow necessarily. It's a risk to land access and legislation that makes it impossible to shoot a bow in certain states with certain, you know. So there are risks there. Um, but I think being a positive influence, like I said, let's just like, get along. But, you know, let's work together to a common goal, which yeah. is to keep the sport and keep it growing. And, and I didn't mean pull consumers in as make, make ATA consumer show. I meant pull consumers in. Yeah. To the idea of like, how does Bear Archery pull consumers into the idea of like, welcome to the Bear Archery team, but that doesn't mean we are against anyone else. But, but we're never negative in our approach. So right. we don't we don't attack other products and like, hey, but here's there our are product. Other companies who are negative sure. in their approach. And, and once again, I don't like that, but that's their that's their deal. We'll see how that falls out. But no, I think you know Caleb and, and JC and the, and the team are putting stuff together. It's not going to be, oh, here's a bear traditional bow, and here's a black widow traditional bow, and here's, you know, why this is good or this is not. That's not us. Like, right. Here's our youth bow. Here's the features. Here's why we believe this is the product for you. And I just think, I I think that (laughs) I'm not going to bash anybody here, but there's a certain bow company. If you've been around for any amount of time, you know who I'm talking about. Their tagline is get serious, get. Their, their name. As to say that if you don't shoot their bow, you're not serious. And that's just like, really? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, everybody's got to use an approach. Right. Um, not not saying that they're all bad, they're all good. I just think we're going to do what we do. Yeah. And that's it. And well, hopefully I'd, we stand up. I always say, take the moral high. I tell my kids all this all the time. Right. Especially with the days of social media and, I'm like, 
take the moral high ground. Yeah. Like, be who you are. And in the end, it may not feel right now. It, it, it's going to work out. Well, and I think it goes back to what you just said. I think if everybody were to look at things through the goggles or through the eyes of, is this good for the industry? Not, is this good for me? Is this good for bear? Is this good? Is this good for bow hunting? Right. If you look through that, then you're never going to do anything that's bad for your company. Because by growing the sport, inevitably, your company will grow. That's it. And so I think that, you know, and it goes back to me kind of mentioning Fred and the smoking deal. It's like, if we represent ourselves on a daily basis as to how can I further this community, how can I, how can I be a good influence for bow hunting, then we'll be a good influence for, for the companies we represent. Sure. And this isn't an industry for just one company. Right. Like, if these companies go away, I mean, could Bear's business increase? Absolutely. Is it overall great? Probably not. Sustainable? No. No. You, you have to have some competition. You have to have technology, which if it's one company, technology doesn't get any further. Like, it takes people competing against each other to drive technology. Well, and at the end of the day, there's always personal preference. Like, not that one bow's better than the other, not that one doesn't perform, but at the end of the day, there's still personal preference. Like, I can pick up every, every recurve off that wall, and sure, they're all going to shoot great, but I'm going to prefer one over the other. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter the price. It doesn't matter. But I'm just going to shoot one better. I'm going to like one better. I'm going to give you options. That's just how it works. Yeah. Kind of options. So what's the next 90 years look like? I don't think I'll be here for all of it. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think short term, stay in our lane, right? I mean, long term, I think that you can see with crossbows, bow fishing, traditional um, accessories, uh, you know, I, th- I think the big thing is going to be continuing, you know, advancing technology. For us, the vision I don't think is going to change. The strategy may change. Yeah. So when we talk about, okay, a man that's been gone for almost 40 years and the people that are bear enthusiasts, actually Fred bear enthusiasts, not even bear enthusiasts, how do we continue to feed them what they want, right, and further this company, but then also be relevant to the guys that don't know who Fred is? They may, they may, may have heard his name. I heard the Fred bear guy, yeah. But they're watching YouTube stuff and they're following guys like, you know, the hunting public and deer meat for dinner. And like, how do we appeal to those guys? Okay. We can still do that and not, you know, leave. We don't have to abandon our history. Absolutely. And so the next 90 years and and what Caleb, you know, does with this team and, and like I said, keep the old, a little bit of new. And from a technology standpoint, make sure that we're not sitting back as we've grown the last three years incredibly. um, Not just saying, oh, well, Okay, we did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what you know. I can truly say that I think Fred would be proud of is that you've carried the legacy, but yet you're still innovating. And you don't, like I said, you don't have to abandon your past just no. to do new stuff. I mean, just take the recurve line, for example, and that's that's the easy one. Sure, you're doing new stuff with Fred Eichler. You're doing new bows that, by the way, is a, that, that bow is a shooter beyond belief. But you're still making 59 Kodiaks. And that bow is a shooter. I mean, you, so you're carrying your history while still innovating and creating new, and that's that's what's important. And uh, so, Caleb, I wanted to ask you, um, being new to the team, uh, last year, maybe it was two years ago, the big slogan or tagline was the Fred Bear way. For sure. Um, what does that look like? What do you, what does that mean to you the, the, to that, join that, essentially? It, it's a big deal. You know, Fred – like we talked earlier in the conversation, his heritage and, you know, the, the pioneering that he did, you know, that is the Fred Bear way and his inclusion, his vision to get everybody involved or have an opportunity and have products that have the opportunity to get everybody involved. 
um, no matter height, weight, you know, sex, gender, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, taking that a step further, you know, again, made in the USA is a big, big deal. And, you know, honoring what Fred did and tying those two things together is going to be a really big push for us in the coming years. Yeah. So how do you, how do, <clears throat> how do you carry on that Fred Bear way, you know, to the, to the general public, to the guys that are already here, to the, to the, to the young guns, you know, coming up right. that, you know, I, Fred died before I was alive, you know, I never got to meet him. I never got to, and I never will, but I mean, I can read stories. I can right. listen to stories, but how do you continue to cast that vision of the Fred Bear way to people who, you know, weren't around to see that history and to see that way? I think it's continuing to set that example, you know, yeah. who we partner with for sure. And making sure that our partners are also setting that example. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a unified message that we have to keep delivering and making sure that we don't stop delivering that message. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the term, you know, the Fred bear way, it means different things, to different people, right? You may interpret it totally different than I do. Um, but we can use that messaging in multiple different ways. But to oh, me, yeah. to me, it is, it's accessibility, it's conservation, it's responsibility. I mean, I, you can go as far as just being like ethical, kind. Like, I don't, I don't care how far you want to take it, but it can mean a lot of different things. Um, and history. I mean, that's the big piece, right? Yeah. Sport and the history of the sport. And um, it, it takes a lot to be here 90 years. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom it. Right. Um, some of the biggest icons in our industry, you know, are, are, we've got some 50-year companies out there. Um, and we're almost double it. Right. So it, it was really unique to sit down with some of the dealers this weekend, and they've had dealerships for 50 years, yep. 60 years. That's crazy. You know, okay. these guys have been, you know, they shook Fred's hand and wrote a PO with him. That's you know, crazy. It, it, it's really wild that there's that deep history even within these four walls. Absolutely. Well, and I had a conversation. I hope I'm not wrong on this. I think it was Easton has been here for 100 years, right? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, yeah, it's an old company. I, I think that maybe they've eclipsed that 100-year mark. But even they were like, dude, with Fred on the scene, like, we were here, but he changed it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he rewrote it. I mean, he, yeah. even with us being in existence already, he came in and changed the game. Like, and you, to hear other iconic brands talk about the influence that Fred had, it's crazy. Yeah. It's cool to even talk to personalities in this industry that are not with us. Right. I mean, they're with competitors and to sit down and, I, you know, you get to share a, a deer camp with them or you see them at a show or a, a breakfast or whatever. And them talk about your company in a positive way. Like, man, you guys are you're doing some really cool stuff. But man, Fred was always my hero, you yeah. know, and, and I, you know, got to meet him one time. Not they're not a part of bear. They're not. But really, really cool thing. You know what you guys are doing. And uh, it's encouraging to hear from your competitors yeah. and your customers that aren't even your customers. Right. Right. It's pretty cool. Well, and I, I look at. You know, I heard Eichler, uh, he told the story on the podcast one time. He said, I was walking through the hospital, like a kid walking through the hospital. And uh, I run into Fred and, you know, he acts like he knows me. Like he. He worked he, there. Yeah. He made me feel. I think this was before he worked there. Correct. It was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said he made me feel like I was so important. And I think that's part of the biggest thing is, you know, going back to how we can change the face of the industry. So many people walk around like they're special and they put other people off and you know i think if we would be more welcoming and more inclusive and more um i think it would change a lot of hearts and minds about the sport make your customer that bought a 29 dollar youth plastic kids bow you know for christmas parent bought one for christmas make that kid feel the same way than the person that bought your 1200 execute 
Yeah. I mean, what is the difference in two of them? Right. Not a daggum thing. Or a guy that bought a $300 bow or a $1,200 bow. Yeah. I don't care. Like, right. I, I just, I, I love selling high-end bows. I love shooting high-end bows. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't view that customer any different. And I think that's, I don't think this group does either. Yeah. So. You know, Caleb, you said something interesting. And uh, you said the people that represent our brand. And I can look back, you know, the last however long I've been around, and I can't think of one person, and I was like, they screwed up, and they represented Bear when they did it. You know what I mean? And that's because of the due diligence of this team to make sure, man, whoever we work with, we want them to represent this brand well. But, dude, you and you can look back over 10 years, and we can start naming them off, but we're not going to, <laughs> about people who sure. ethically messed up. And then, you know, all of those brands that they worked with took a hit because of it. Sure. And you can't find that in Bear because the people that represent Bear, they feel like I'm representing something a lot more than myself. Absolutely. And that's powerful. I mean, that's cool to see. So um, what's been the biggest the biggest uh, piece of the show, like, that grabbed the most attention of people? Caleb, all the cable answers. I've been sitting in the office most of the time. <laughs> you know, um, the ADAPT has really been a big one. Um, but even beyond that, and it kind of goes perfectly in line, the Legend XR is an awesome bow. Yeah. Um, on the bear line specifically, you know, it's a bow that goes from 14 to 70 pounds. Yep. Or 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like, like 18, 18 to 31 in draw. Yeah. Exactly. So it, in a performance cam. Yep. And it's a, a shooter. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. I mean, honestly, the cam at full draw feels almost better than the EKO in my opinion. Ooh. I mean, it's it's on <laughs> it is par. Nice. Oh, it's, nice. on, it's nice. I mean, to, to add no, to what I did you said, shoot it. I shot it. I was, I was sitting in a meeting yesterday, a long meeting with, um, with a dealer, and this is a dealer at a very prominent in our industry, um, a, a big dealer on the kind of on the West Coast, and um, he hasn't done a ton of bear, um, really hardly any, in the last probably four or five years. And he came over here because uh, our guys brought the um, XR to him. He came to the show, shot it, and that got us back in his door in a big way. And he said, "Man, that is the nicest bow. Not even just at that price point, not even but at like the a price like point. a big yeah. a big price point." He's like, "This bow is going to kill it in my shop." And and we talk about the times right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everything's twice as expensive as it was. Yeah. I don't care if you yeah. go to the grocery store yeah. or restaurant. So we're in inflationary times. Um, a lot of things are expensive. But we're trying to put out a product that a guy can feel really good at owning at a $450 price point. Yeah. It's still making it stateside. Absolutely. Yep. I've heard I've heard so many guys say, like, I shot them both, and I'm going with Legend over the, huh? the uh, Execute. It's okay. And I'm like, it's a great bow. I don't know why you wouldn't. Right. That's awesome. Um but I'll tell you, it's been encouraging to me. I've had three guys now at this show walk up to me and say, hey, can you help me find a bear dealer in my area? I need to buy one of these. And I'm like, um, sure. You know, and uh, asked, asked, uh, I asked Will. I said, hey, man, this is my buddy. He needs a bear dealer. Who's he need to work with? You know, and he's like, oh, you know, whatever. And uh, so then so on and so like it, it happened this way. This guy was like, well, there's no bear dealers near you. And he's like, I'll change that because this bow is good, like awesome. And, and so that kind of hype of like, I want this bow so bad in my area that I'm going to find you a dealer. Like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, and get you connected with a dealer because they need this bow. Like that's, that's, that's great. encouraging. That, that's to the see. growth we're talking about. Yeah. Right. So, but I got news for you, dude. Like we're talking about budget bows. My wife has stacked bodies with the legit, like, yeah, I, it's a three hundred and fifty dollar bow package. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it's awesome, and the features that are on that bow. I would say it's the first highly adjustable kind of 
everybody bow yeah. that looks like an adult bow, right? Bingo. Most of them were like kids bow, kitty looking, but adults bought them because they were highly adjustable and they were inexpensive. Yes. This is the first adult looking adjustable bow. And uh, it may be by volume. I wouldn't be surprised. Single skew if it's not the best selling bow in this industry by a single skew. Yeah. I mean, well, and, you know, that was the first thing I said when I saw that bow come out was, praise God, it looks cool. Yeah. Because these kids, they want to shoot what daddy shoots, you know? And I bought my kid a bow, and, um, you know, it was a cheap plastic looking bow. I mean, like a, a brave. Yeah. It was a brave, I think. And uh, my son was like, that doesn't look like yours. And I'm like, well, buddy, you're four. You'll get there. Yeah. Like, you can't <laughs> right. pull back. I, but then the legit came out, and all of a sudden, I can crank it down to like seven pounds. I guess way down there. And he can pull it back, and it looks like dad's. That's it. And, and now he's just over the moon. That's what so my boys like, are shooting. Yeah. I mean, I was so pumped when, uh, you know, they were getting more into into archery, and we had a product that was like, okay, I, I can tell. And I got an orange one for my middle one because orange is his color. Yeah. And I thought that was cool, too, but yet it looked like looked like what I was shooting. Yeah. So. What's been the, uh, outside of Bear, what's been that biggest, the digital? The React technology in general. But, yeah, the digital, the digital React is really something special. I mean, I come from a target background and making sight tapes has always been something that I did on a regular basis and have that all baked into one thing where you don't have any licking and sticking there's no tape there's yeah. no mess if it rains it's it's sealed it's weatherproof you know it, it, it's a great piece of you know it's a great tool yeah I was really glad the biggest change this year for me that I was happy about was if you don't like the digital which I understand some people aren't gonna like a digital but if you don't like the digital uh, my only complaint about the regular React, um, the Trio and the, the Single Pro, is the wheel. Um, and then the digital comes out, and you're like, this wheel is phenomenal. Like, this, <laughs> it's butter smooth. It's, uh, you can adjust the tension on it. And then they put that wheel on the, the Trio and the, the Pro. And so that, for me, was like the biggest thing, the biggest single improvement, not new product, but improvement on a, on a product, I think. I think, you know, another thing that we've done this year has taken out a hesitation if you're not used to a certain scope aperture. You know, we have an adapter kit where you can fit, you know, some of the brands out there that have spent countless hours on developing, you know, scopes with lenses and different modular scopes, you know, those are fit on any of the React sites. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, I I did a video of this, and I understand a lot of people will say, that's bullcrap, you're lying, whatever. Um but Andrew brings me my digital react and he says, your arrow speed is in there. So all we got to do is set 20 or however he said it. And so I had shot four arrows out of this bow and we get 20 dialed in. And he's like, do you mind if we just test the like the digital react based off of your speed? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, would you just step back to 60? Like just, and I'm like, dude, I've shot three arrows to this bow. And he's like, but let's just see. And I'm like, sure. I'll dude, I'll shoot anything. Like, And so we crank it back to 60 and, three arrows into this bow it was stacking at 60 and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> no the math works and you can also adjust the math I, I had this very similar experience this summer when i changed bows um just a few days before i was headed on a hunt and we didn't have the limb weights because we were early on in this execute and i wanted some more weight on it and what so i got a different bow we grabbed another bow like two or three days before i flashed the sight you know completely zeroed it out shot four arrows at 20 shot the speed went back and checked it, and it was just a pinch off, right? So I'm like going on the screen. I'm like, what's it saying I'm shooting? Well, it's like, oh, it's saying I'm shooting 289. Well, 
the math obviously knows that it's not quite 289 or the drag's a little different. Yeah. It's like, okay, bump it up 291, 60 yards because it was off just, you know, a couple yards, done. And yeah. now the math changes, 80's good, 100's good. And that can't happen crazy. because even though your arrow is this weight and your your speed is this weight, I mean, if you're shooting a four-fletch with a four-inch vein, I mean, out at 60, the drag's going to get more. And so although the specs are, are right, you know, they can't – they don't know what veins you're shooting and, and right. you know, the diameter of the yeah. arrow that's going to cause more or less drag. And so you can really micro-tune that once you get out to those further distances, and then it's even better. The math's a whole lot smarter than we are. Yeah, and that's I'm glad I, I didn't have more. to think about it. No, I, I didn't either. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, the math, and it was always the math, but in a mechanical version. Yeah. Right? And now we've just made it so that you can alter it, change it, change profiles. And for the guys that always come up to me and talk about it, and we, I never thought about this. I think James did when he was working on the development. James never, thought of everything. Yeah, I never thought about it when we were doing it because my eyes are still good. Right? Yeah. But I think the first guy last year at the trade show was a friend of mine in this industry. He's 75 years old. He stopped me in the front door and I saw that site. And I said, what do you think about it? And he goes... John, I said, I can see the yardage I'm shooting when I'm holding the bow. And I'm like, Steve, I never thought about that. He's like, I don't have to take out my readers, look at the tape, change it, put my readers back. Like, I'm like, you're on a 3D course. And he's like, I can just see it. I'm like, dude, I never thought about it because that wasn't a factor to me. Right. But it was brilliant. Well, what's funny is, is Andrew said when he gave me this bow, he's like, all right, I want you to tear down everything about this site. And I'm like, deal, done. And so I start shooting it. I'm like, I don't like this. He's like, good, we can change that. And I'm like. Oh, wow. Now, oh, yeah. I like that a lot better. And then I'm like, um, I had a deer come out, and it was real close to dark, and so I go to change it. But then that screen still lit up, and so it's like, I'm like, I can't see anything, yeah. dude. He's like, we can change, it. change it. And I'm like, so I thought of like three or four negative things about the site, and he's like, well, good, because all those are personal preference, and we can change that. And I'm like, yeah. you it, thought of it all. I, I keep saying this, and I've told a bunch of people. It's probably from a coolness standpoint, the coolest project I've been a part of in 20 years in this industry. Oh, hundred percent. Just from cool. I mean, and not for everybody, I get it, right? But from a coolness standpoint, uh, it, it's it's awesome. It's there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was there was nothing new on the sick line this year, was there? No, nothing nothing new there. We've still got, you know, our core products there. I would say, you know, two or three of those items really drive the you know, drive the volume and it's not, you don't, you if don't it's not broken, any, don't fix it. You don't need anything yeah. new when the SK two is the best broadhead on the market. It, it is an awesome I mean from a expandable standpoint, I think it's I think it's the coolest expandable on the market. It's, dude, I've seen that thing do yeah. crazy amounts of damage. Yeah. I, I shot a buck right before Christmas in Colorado with one, and it was, I don't know that I've seen an entry hole like this on an animal. Like It was awesome. I, I shot a deer, and I made the public statement that I just busted through both shoulders with an expandable, and people are like, oh, fawn, you shot a fawn with it. And I'm like, no, actually, it's a 220-pound buck, mm -hmm. like in Kansas, corn-fed buck, and it busted through both shoulders. Like, yeah. That thing's phenomenal. I had a buddy. We were down in Texas where you can shoot 97 animals in a night. Mm -hmm. And uh, he shot five animals in the same sit with the same single head. He would go out, pour some bottle, like pour a bottle of water on it, wash it off, put a new clip on, shoot another animal. Yeah. Shot five animals in the same sit with it. That's awesome. And I've always been a fixed blade guy. Me I mean, too. For, for you, I mean, that's, Until the SK2. That, and, and I still shoot some fixed blade stuff at certain animals and if I'm on certain hunts. Um, but when it comes to what I'll call the... The white tail, you know, mid animal type stuff. There is nothing that touches that SK two. Yeah, um, it's, it's phenomenal. It's awesome. It is. I uh, I had one guy say, "Dude, I would not shoot a mechanical at an elk until the SK two came yeah. out." And he said, "Now nah, I've shot six elk with the SK two. Yeah, yeah. Some of our guys did this year as well. So yeah, they're phenomenal. Um, 
gentlemen, thank you so much for, for 42 minutes of your time. Uh, but before we go, I ask every single one of my guests for a hunting 101 tip, like a, a little tech tip, field tip, shooting tip, whatever you got for us. Just take and, and make the listener better. I'll give a simple one. Okay. Uh, so anytime I go on a hunt, um, I have a little archery box. It's got, you know, lighted knocks and serving material yeah. and everything else. But the one thing I always have in there is I have a whisker biscuit. And this was before I was with Bear, and I was shooting other stuff. And I always have a whisker biscuit in that box that is set up on that bow, right? So when I'm doing my setup, I always get a whisker Because so many things can happen on a hunt, and with drop-away rest and everything else going on, a lot of times you don't have the opportunity to time one, put it back on, get it all set up. Or even if you're shooting another whisker biscuit. Yeah. Sucker breaks, whatever. Well, I don't want to sight back in. I don't want to do anything. Just whisker biscuit set, on. bolt it back on. And that's kind of a goofy one, but from an no. archery an archery tech standpoint, I always have a whisker biscuit set to the bow when it's in my archery box. That's one of my biggest um, why I push a whisker biscuit yeah. because, you know, if you if you have a rest tied into your string, well, you don't have a bow press on the field. Right. You know, and there's been times where I have I have broken a rest mm-hmm. in the field. Um, one was awfully embarrassing, but did I was we were hunting hogs and I was sprinting through the woods and caught in some barbed wire and I just fell face first, caught myself with my bow. Um and just that that rest was smashed and I'm like everybody was like oh dude you're done and I'm like I'm not done I got a whisker biscuit in the truck like keep shooting keep hunting um that's one of my biggest proponents of it so I guess my tip would just don't trust anything completely make sure that everything the little details with your setup and make sure that you're paying attention to all the little stuff I mean it could be as as much as a loose vein on one of your arrows and it could cost you you know the opportunity of a lifetime you know I've been on a a hunt in Utah and missed the biggest white mule deer that I've ever seen and it's because I had a bad batch of veins I didn't really pull on them before and there goes an arrow you know four foot over its back so trust nothing check everything down to the little detail it's like be prepared it's like the boy scouts right yeah (laughs) that that's my well I had a buddy I had a buddy down in Missouri. We took him on that hunt, and uh, he's new to archery. And so every time we get in the stand, every single time, it was it was making me mad. Mm. Not mad, I shouldn't say that. Annoyed. Every time we get in the stand, he'd say, "Is everything good?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." He's like, "No, look at it all. Is it all good?" And I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm like, and so I like look at his like move, Don't rattle the side, try rattle, to rattle everything. Yeah. And sure enough, one time, I checked his broadhead, and the tip of the SK2 mm. was loose. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just unscrewed a little bit. It's and I'm like, yeah. well, good thing. I'm, Right. Yeah. Maybe I actually need to do this from now on. It happens. So I screwed the tip back on, and um, we started hunting. But, yeah, at first I'm like, yes, everything's good. Like, we checked it this morning. Um, but, no, you're right. It's a good tip. My tip would be, and uh, the reason I'm telling you this tip is because somebody was asking me about the adjustable shelf on the Eichler bow. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefits of that is tuning without having to mess with your bow. I mean, it's all built in right there. But if you're not going with an Eichler bow, uh, say you're going with a Grizzly, I would highly encourage you to pull that rug off and put a toothpick under there or something. Um, that way there's just less arrow contact um, with the shelf as it comes off. That would be my tip. Yeah. Um, and I was telling somebody that yesterday. They were asking me about the why that is. And, and uh, well, why it is, I said, was because that's what Fred wanted. But <laughs> He was the boss. No, yeah. no, those kind of things. There's some guys that do that. Yeah. Uh, and we've got different shelf profiles depending on the traditional yep. bow you're shooting. So, uh, no, that, that's a cool one. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I would highly encourage you to check out the entire lineup from Bear Archery. Um, budget or not, I would shoot them all and uh, go to, go find a shop and shoot every single one of them and, and shoot what feels best to you. But guys, thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>